We're glad to be sharing the ministry of Tabernacle of Praise with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. Let's talk about conquering your mountain tonight. Conquering your mountain. You know, ups and downs, mountains and molehills. We, we use different euphemisms, don't we, for the processes in life. Sometimes in life I'm in an up, sometimes I'm in a down. You know, sometimes uh, this, this thing is huge, sometimes it's small. You know, <clears throat> life isn't easy. And we all have ups and downs, right? I mean, that's just common. We have, uh, one of the, the, the things you notice, if you just pay attention to people, man, sometimes we're skyrocketing and sometimes we're just, you know, if you were to graph that, if you were to graph a human life over the span of 72 years, this is what you would see because that's just life. Uh, so let's, you know, rather than talking about valleys, or let's just talk about conquering the mountains that come into our life. Uh, Mountains come in all shapes or sizes. Natural mountains come in all shapes or sizes. I mean, we all know that. Uh, and most mountains, when you're away from them, they look very beautiful, don't they? they, I mean, they look, then when you closer you get, you start seeing the rocks. You start seeing the, the crevices, the crags, all the different things about them. Uh, and most, you know, most mountains, what really amazes us more than anything is the sheer size of them. Just this, how how huge they can be. Even the smallest of mountains. As we were, as we were driving in, I asked John if he saw the mountain over here. You know, the dump. Yeah, it's, mountains come. They come in, in, in different. So, you know, it seems a, a good idea sometimes to want to climb a mountain, doesn't it? Till you get to the foot of the mountain, then you become terrified of the mountain, and you realize what's really standing before you. I, I remember uh, being in Atlanta and going to Stone Mountain. Uh, with my brother-in-law and sister-in-law, and, and when we, we when we were leaving, he said, "We're, we're going to go climb Stone Mountain." Oh, that's cool. Okay. Well, if you've ever climbed Stone Mountain, you, oh man, it's as bad going up as going down. It's just man. It's, but it 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 sounded great and it looked great from a distance. You could see all how, but man, when you got right up next to it, it became very intimidating. According to geologists here in the United States, the oldest mountains are the Smokies. And the coastal mountains of California, the oldest mountains in the United States. Uh, actually, they say the Rockies and the Sierras are actually uh, very young compared to the other mountains. But no matter, if you're standing next to a mountain and you're about six feet tall and the mountain's about 6,000 feet tall, it's intimidating. But it's also super impressive, isn't it? I mean, so there are times, though, when you come to mountains and they're not that majestic. When, when you come up to it's just not that majestic. They don't offer you any kind of comfort, no kind of inspiration, no kind of solitude. And there's times when mountains, are, uh, they're nothing, you know, they're not things we see. And that's why I, I don't want to talk about physical mountains tonight. You know, we'll use the analogy. But there are mountains in our lives. They're not really something we see. They're what we experience. It's not what we see. And most of the time we live off of what we see when we should be living off what we experience. Because what we see a lot of times is very deceptive. There, you know, <clears throat> there are times... In the path, there are mountains of our lives when the paths don't exist. You ever come to that mountain uh, that you know you could see clearly? I can get through this in my life. This mountain that's in my life, this problem, this issue. Because here's the path, I can see it. But then there's times you come to places, mountains in your life where you you don't. There's no path that exists. You, in other words, you're about to have to blaze the path yourself. You're about to have to blaze that trail. Uh, and, and I think, actually, God allows us to come through mountains in our lives, uh, you know, for the, for the simple purpose of spiritual exercise. 
that we have mountains. You know, not everything can be the cakewalk. And we've talked about that before. But there are mountains that come in our, our life. And again, different sizes, different types, different heights, uh, all different types, just for the purpose of spiritual exercise. You know, to get off the spiritual couch. You ever been on the spiritual couch? You know what that is? Yeah. <laughs> we all tend to get on the spiritual couch every now and then. Take, take, it, take it ease, take it relax, sit back a little bit. You know, my, my parents used to tell me when I was a kid, and yours probably did too, don't make a mountain out of a molehill. Yeah, yeah. Don't make a mountain out of a molehill. What's the difference between a mountain and a molehill? Size? Yeah, it's actually the amount of dirt that's piled up. That's really the difference. Uh, you know, often we can get lost in the minutiae of, of the pile of dirt. We, we can get lost in that and, and not see that bigger picture. And so... You, you think you might have a mountain in front of you sometimes, uh, and it's actually a molehill. So let's kind of talk about that. So if a, mountain's in, if a mountain in your life, let's, let's, I'm talking about the, let's talk about a spiritual mountain. Spiritual mountain is in your life. It comes your way. You see it. Let's talk about some of the things you should do. And, and these are just things, scriptural things, that help you to traverse the mountain. Let me ask you a question. Has anybody, have you ever been in church, you know, for the process of time? Have you ever come across people that are still treading the same mountain 20 years later? They're trying to traverse it, trying to trail through it 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, same mountain. There's a reason that goes on in our life. Uh, so the first thing to do when, when a spiritual mountain comes to you, you know you're going to have to traverse it, is, you know, isolate the variables that are going on here. You, you know, you can't eat, you can eat an elephant, but you can't eat an elephant all at one time, right? You know the old saying, one bite at a time. Same thing with a, a mountain that's in your life spiritual, spiritually. Uh, isolate variables. What, what's the issue, okay? Have you ever <laughs> been traversing a spiritual mountain or a mountain in your life and you find out that you're going up the wrong mountain that's not even the issue that you really should be dealing with? That happens in most problems in people's lives. They get sidetracked, and the issue that's the issue at hand is not even the mountain. It's not even the very... So the very first thing you should do is just kind of isolate the variables. What, what exactly is the issue here? You know, well, she said, he said, you know, that, that's not the issue. It's, it's much, you know, break the mountain down to the smallest components and start with the simplest one. There, there's a scientific law known as Occam's Razor. Have you ever heard of Occam's Razor? Occam's Razor says this, everything being equal, the simplest answer tends to be the correct one. Occam's Razor. Remember that, Occam's Razor, because in your mountains, the tendency is to look for the greater, the more, the bigger, when actually the simplest answer tends to be the correct answer. You ever heard the term, you know, trust your gut? You ever, you, tr you ever trusted your gut? Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. It does, doesn't, doesn't. So, you know, often we just don't look for the simplest solution. Often we, you know, <clears throat> when, you, when your car doesn't start, you know, I, I had somebody call me <laughs> before from here. <laughs> and so my car won't start. Okay, so let's look. Well, you know, it looks like I'm going to have to get a new engine. And I said, well, why do you think that? Well, it won't even turn over. I think it's locked up. I said, okay, let's hang on a second. Just stay with me. And you know, you know, lo and behold, it wasn't the, the battery wasn't even dead. The the battery cable had slipped off, but it had gotten loose. 
And so I said, look, first thing you do, open the hood, went through the whole scenario. Oh, what's this red thing? It's a cable. Put it on your battery. Ring, started right up. But you know what? They wanted to replace the engine. Their whole, because they were, it's, we just got to remember, you know, the simplest thing is usually find the, find the solution by starting simple and working up. Focus on the problem, isolate the variables, and you, there's a beast inside of us. When things, when we get mountains spiritually or whatever in our life, this beast rises up in us. Whether we like to admit it or not, something comes up in us because there's a challenge. And so in that challenge, what happens is, you know, <clears throat> the guy that's in the fight that's quiet and keeps his head is going to win. Going to tell you, 100% of the time, going to win. The guy that's, you know, you ever seen the shows where they, they, they start drawing the guns and sideways and all this, and they don't hit the guy, and the guy just draws it real slow and goes, boom. Do you know that's correct? No, that's Hollywood. No, 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 that's correct. That's correct. If, if you, you can be slower at the draw and, and take a person down simply because you're accurate. You're taking your, when you're, when you're crazy, and that's what happens when this beast rises up in our mountains, is that we begin to just shoot at will thinking we're going to, and we miss the whole thing. So keep that in mind. That's part of, of the variables. And, uh, so focus on the problem, isolate the variables, calm that beast, and then get the vision. You know, you, another, another thing that I noticed when I was young and used to do those stupid things is you could always tell somebody that it, <clears throat> if they were so mad they were crying, you had them. They were so, they're really mad, but they're crying. They can't see. They're so, I, those are the guys that I didn't have. Anyway, move, let me move on from that. Psalm 121, verses 1 through 2. I will lift up mine eyes to the hills, from thence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which hath made heaven and earth. Understand this. Your mountain is never going to be bigger than your God. Never. He's the one that made everything. So any, any spiritual mountain, any physical thing that comes in your life, it doesn't matter. Your God is always bigger than that mountain, always bigger. And, of course, correct vision is important. Correct vision is, is where you look for solutions. One of the problems we have when we have spiritual issues in our life or our natural issues is that when our vision isn't clear, we pick the wrong solution. And what, what, what would cause you to not have clear vision in a spiritual mountain. Spiritual mountains coming at you big. What would cause you to not have clear vision? Emotions. Uh, yeah. Worried about other people's opinions. Yeah, well, distractions. There, there's a lot of things that, you know, that cloud our vision because they're outside of the mountain. Everything you've talked about is outside of the mountain. It's not an issue of the mountain. It has nothing to do with the mountain. And yet, when we come to that mountain in our life, it's usually those things we resort to. Rather than, so what do, you, what do you look to when, when your mountain stands in front of you? That's the key. You know, you, you've heard Bishop say it. You, you've heard me say it. Whatever you turn to in your time of your problem or your mountain, that's your God. If, if, if you have a mountain in front of you and you turn to worry, worry is your God. If, if you turn to alcohol, alcohol is your God. If you turn to drugs, drugs your God. If you turn to the pastor, pastor's your God. Y'all didn't think I was going to slide that in, did you? you? Always turn to God. He's bigger. I'm not nowhere close to being the size of your mountain. But God's always, and, and so whatever mountain comes to you, just remember, God's always going to be bigger, that, bigger than that. 
Uh, so the second thing, know how to approach your mountain. Know how to approach. You don't just walk up to a mountain naturally and start climbing. Have you ever tried that? Because I have. It doesn't work. You don't just go up to, okay, we're going to climb this mountain, and you just pick a spot and go. It doesn't work that way. Professional mountain climbers, professional mountain climbers don't use ordinary maps to climb mountains. They actually go to the local uh, person that has the ranger's office that has mountains, uh, that has the maps of the mountains, and it's a suitable map, not a standard map. What do I mean by suitable? Because the suitable is the one that gives you the directions, the that the map from the locals ranger, they tell you how steep and how gentle slopes are. These, they tell you how deep the rifts are. They tell you how the crevices, uh, the high sheer cliffs. They tell These maps are not the same. You, you know, you go to the local st place where you buy your, uh, here's my little button that I got. I climbed the, and here's my little, you know, play rubberized mountain that I buy. All of these little, you go in that store, don't buy the map in that store. It's going to tell you nothing about the mountain. Go to the ranger. That's what professionals do. Go to the ranger. He's going to take the cliffs, everything, the trails. It's, and if you look at one of these maps, it not only tells you the trails, it tells you where the footholds and the handholds are, how to traverse this mountain. And, and they're marked on the map, and they're marked for a reason, because you're trying to get to a destination. And this map knows that. So when you're about to traverse a spiritual mountain, you got to have a map. you got to have a map. You got to have a plan. You know, professional mountain climbers, they have a plan climbing that mountain. And when you have plant mountains in your, you got, you have to devise a plan. How many times do we go, you know, head first into problems and, and, and we get messed up because we didn't make a plan. We didn't get a map. We didn't, obviously, what's our map? Well, that's obvious. So then how do we get a plan? Boy, y'all are on top of it. Understand this. You do all of this because you, your journey, the, the map and plan is, is actually faith and prayer. That's, that if you look in Scripture, you will find this. When people had issues, what did they turn to? Faith and prayer. Faith, they turned to it every time. Matthew 17, 20. Verily I say unto you, if you have, you have faith as the grain of a mustard seed, you shall say to this mountain, not that I'm going I'm to move it. And Listen, <clears throat> what would you rather do? Climb your mountain or move your mountain? Have the faith to move it? Because climbing our mountain does give us an advantage sometimes where moving our mountain doesn't. But the thing is to have faith to do it. Because Jesus said if you had faith to do it, you could say to the mountain, move over yonder, and the mountain would move over yonder. Now, you understand he's not giving you a physical. What he's doing is he's trying to help them understand what faith is really about. And he said, "It'll be, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. When, when we have, you ever had that spiritual problem or the natural problem in your life, that mountain that you feel like, this is not possible. There's no way I'm going to get around this one. You know, because I've, I've had those, my first thought was, man, this is bigger than I can ever imagine. And, and that's because it's bigger than me. It's not bigger than God. It's bigger than me. Uh, so to start your ascent, you got to have a map. And you got to have a plan. Before you ever, the mountain that you have spiritually or naturally, you, you've got to have a map and you've got to have a plan. If you don't have that and you start trying to divert, traverse that mountain in your life, you're going to have problems. You're going to have problems. You also need to understand that the mountain that's in front of you. 
Now, in the natural, you need to know if it's a granite mountain, if it's a limestone mountain, if it's a pumice, what's it made of? That's important. Why? Because the different types of mountains and the rocks requires different types of tools to traverse them. And so you don't take the tools for a granite and traverse a pumice. And you don't take the pumice and traverse. You've got to know what kind it is in order to traverse it. So you've got to know the weather, weather patterns. You know, you, there's some mountains that are easy to climb throughout the year because the weather's great. But if you have weather patterns, I mean, you know, do you have sudden weather shifts? Do you have sudden snowstorms that move in? Uh, you know, do, is there flash flooding? All these things in a regular mountain, you know, that happens spiritually. In spiritual mountains that we try to diverse in our life, when there are problems and issue, we got to understand the problem in front of us. If I have a problem with lying, and I'm trying to traverse the, 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 uh, a mountain of uh, any other thing, your stupidity, whatever it might be, I'm, I'm, you know, i got to understand the mountain in front of it. So understand the problem that you have. You need to understand what the problem is. Why am I saying that? Because many times that's the very thing we don't want to traverse. We don't want to climb that mountain. That's not the one, because after all, that's not really me. That's, that's somebody else, just the mountains in front of me. Or, you know, I don't want anybody to see me climbing this mountain. If they see me climbing this mountain and trying to get over it, they're going to think something bad about me. It goes back to we worry about other people's opinion. There's nothing wrong with going to a brother or sister and saying, listen, here's a spiritual mountain that I have. Here's, here's a problem that I have, and will you help me climb it? But the problem with humanity is we would rather just hide it, hope that the mountain has a lot of trees and brush so that we can skirt our way through and hide. Nobody sees us climbing it. And then when we get on the other side, we can just brag about how we climbed that mountain. Exactly. More concerned. Of, man, that's huge. That'll preach. We're more concerned about what other people think what other, than we are about what God thinks. And God's already, God's already bigger than the mountain. He's already there to help you. He's already given you the plan. He's already given everything. So in the same manner, in our spiritual mountain, you know, take some time to understand what's in front of you. Take a step back before you jump into the problem. Find out the circumstances that brought you to the problem. You know, most pro problems don't creep up on you. Most problems that happen, there are circumstances. Was it something I? Is it something I said or did? Is that what caused the problem? Is it some, not? Is it something somebody said to me or something somebody did to me? Is there something I said or did that that is looking at the circumstance? What was it a result of something that where I had been? You know, well if that that hadn't have been there, I wouldn't have looked at it. I, I had a guy tell me that one time. He he, he fell into a problem. Uh, he, he was going to, you know, the places, the clubs and stuff. Uh, and he, this was when I got to talking to him. He said, well, here's the problem. Those signs are all up and down Highway 59, and I see them all the time. If I hadn't have seen those, I wouldn't have went to that place. No, you would have made a sign and put it out there so you could go because you've got to understand, is it, was it caused by something I did or didn't do? Problems in our life. If we just take a look at the circumstance, because 99.9% .9 of the problems in our life do have to do with us. 0.01% has to do with others. Ne never think in a problem or in an issue in life, whether it be with you and your spouse, you and your children, you and a worker, you and that it's always somebody else and none of me. 
if you fall into that trap, you're headed for a very bad spot. You're, there's always, even if you did nothing, you did nothing. So, you know, had, had something happened in my life, and, and say when I was a kid and my mom and dad didn't come to me, they just did nothing, that's wrong. They should come and say, listen, let me, can we give you some advice here? Can we, can we try to put you back down the road? And so uh, we have to understand that it's never 100% anybody's fault. There's somebody else involved in our problems. But we're generally, in our problems, the cause, the biggest cause in our problems. Because we look at our mountains. It's very rare for you to look at other people's mountains, problems. When you do, what is the first thing most people do when they see another person traversing a mountain or problem? You judge it. Look at that mountain. Man, that dude's on a big mountain. He thinks he can climb that? Man, that's a big What happened? What did he do? What did he say? Where did he go? What did he do? That, that's a tendency. And so we, we have to step back when it comes to mountains in our lives and realize, number one, we all have them. Whether you want to admit it here tonight, you have mountains that come in your life. Just like you've heard Bishop say, there's, there's ladders to hell that every one of us have. It's, we all have different ones, but they're ladders to hell. And so understand you have mountains. We all have different mountains, but we all have them. We all traverse them. So, so find the genesis of your mountain. Find the genesis, the beginning of the problem. And don't make a mountain out of a molehill. It's amazing how many times I've talked to people and this mountain that we're battling with is actually a molehill. They've just made this huge mountain out of it. And now it's this big thing. It started out that brother so-and-so said this to me, and I just took offense to it. And the brother so-and-so really didn't even say it offensively or mean it offensively. And before you know it, we have a church split. I, I told you all this before my way back when. I saw a church split over with two ladies sitting in a church. The whole church split over it where two ladies were sitting, and some visitors came in and sit in that spot. And before it was over, and the arguments, the church was split. Now we have rule shade and oak shade. I'm not telling you. Rule shade, we're in the country, rule shade, oak shade. Now we have two churches. A lot of times, think, yeah, that's, that's a while, but do you, do you know how much that really happens in the church? Maybe it's not a church split, but... It may as well be because so-and-so sits over here and so-and-so sits over here and never the twain shall meet. Yeah. <laughs> Most of Paul's epistles were written over church fights. Yeah. What was, the, what was the message you preached? Great church fights. Yeah, great church fights. Yes, yeah. Because <laughs> that's what yeah, most of when you read the New Testament <laughs> – so next, decide how much time you're going to take to conquer your mountain. Decide how much time. You know, if you go out to climb a natural mountain, you need to kind of figure out how much time you want to do this. Oh, I'm going to spend six hours here, or I'm going to spend 12 hours here, or I'm going to spend two hours. You've got to make a decision on what you're going to do. And it's the same thing with spiritual things as well. You need, why is that? Because mountains come in all say Some mountains deserve a lot more time because they're a lot bigger, right? And some mountains you don't need to take as much time because they're a lot smaller. You know, some mountains are only a few thousand feet high, but the Appalachians are 10,000 feet high, and some of the mountains in the Rockies are 14,000 feet high. So depending on what you traverse, you got to, 
So the height of your mountain is going to determine the time you're going to spend climbing it, right? Does that make sense? That's common sense. But what about your spiritual life? The size of the mountain is going to depend on how much time you invest into it. And remember this, in, in any mountain, naturally, if you reach 10,000 feet, it's oxygen deprivation. Now you've got to plan for oxygen deprivation. And so if you're going to climb mountains spiritually, you got to understand something, that if you're going to spend time at an X level and you know that there is some oxygen deprivation spiritually, you've got to plan for it. You've got to understand it. But regardless, understanding the size of the mountain is going to help you limit the time you spend on it. So some people spend years on a molehill. We just talked. Some people spend years on a molehill. That molehill is... And then some people traverse mountains in a short amount of time. Deuteronomy 1 and 6. The Lord our God spoke unto us and and saying, you have been in this mountain long enough. You, You spent enough time in this mountain. There comes a point in time and with the issues of life, with spiritual mountains that you spend, that's enough. And God said, Get, it's time to go. That's enough. Uh, spending too much time on your mountain can create more problems. Just like, okay, I'm going to spend a week on this mountain. So I'm carrying a week's worth of food. So now I'm two weeks into this mountain climb, but I only had a week's worth of food. It's going to create some problems, right? And spiritually, we run into the same thing. If we don't prepare for the amount of time we're going to spend there, then we don't make preparation for what we're taking into it. So, be, you know, whatever you, if you're going to spend X amount of time, take into it what you need. Have you ever get in, gotten halfway into a project and realized you didn't have what you needed? You didn't have enough of this? Or the worst thing to do is be baking a cake and realize you don't have, you're done. No cake. And it's the same thing with spiritual mountains. Don't, you know, invest, the time you're going to invest, understand what that is. Because you, fear and anger develops, and that's what happens spiritually. You know, <clears throat> they say that most people that die when they get lost in the forest, they don't die of hunger. They don't die of thirst. You know what they die of? Shame. They become ashamed because they got lost, and they sit down and die. It's not out of thirst. It's not out of hunger. It's out of shame. And that can happen to us spiritually where we get to a place where the sheer shame of us causes us to just sit down and die because uh, we spend too much time. And then we come, you know, <clears throat> again, you get in the middle and you can't find your stuff for the cake. What happens? Well, I get a little angry at myself. No, I get a little angry at my wife because she didn't buy the stuff that I needed to make the cake, that she didn't have any idea I was going to make the cake, but she should have bought the stuff and had me. That's a lot of times our approach spiritually as well. Let's be honest. We want to point, yeah, remember what pointing does. Remember the other three, yeah. So fear and anger develop, and they become a roadblock in conquering that mountain. Deuteronomy 2 and 3. The Lord says, ye have compassed, compassed, that means revolved around, this mountain long enough, turn you northward. So they were going around this mountain, around this mountain, around this mountain. God said, that's enough, and he gave them a direction. God did just say stop, and that's what God will do. If, you're, you know, if you listen to the Lord, he'll give you direction in the problems that you have and the issues that you have, and he'll tell you the way to go if you just stop and listen. Don't spend too much time going around and around in your problem. Don't revolve, don't, what happens when you revolve around something? 
You get dizzy. You're lost. You're revolving, revolve, revolve around it. That thing becomes everything revolving. That's the center of your life. Whatever you're revolving around, that is the center of your life. And if you just keep revolving around this problem and keep revolving around this problem, how many people do you know that's been in church 40 years and Pastor so-and-so from 1965 did something to them and they're still revolving around that problem? You know what? God's not the center of their life. No matter how much they're coming to church, no matter how many times they're praying through, if they keep doing that, that problem is the center of their life. And until they get to that problem, you know where they're stuck? In 1965 with Pastor so-and-so, they're stuck there. Correct. You know what? If you cut your, you know, if you cut your arm, you, you, you just band it, put a band-aid. But if you don't put a band-aid on it, you keep scratching it, and you keep scratching it, you know, it doesn't heal. But what happens? It gets worse. And if you keep scratching it and you got dirt on your fingernails, what happens? It gets infected. And if you don't take care of the infection, what happens? Gangrene sets in. The next thing you know, you got to cut your arm off. All of that because you just don't, you know, if you got a, if there's a problem, don't revolve, you know, it's going to become your God. Finally, listen, after you've gathered your maps together and you've got your plan, spiritually speaking, you've collected all your tools spiritually the supplies, all that stuff, there's one more essential item for your journey. One, one more. It's absolute confidence. Here's the deal. Because God does put, allow us to have mountains in front of us. It's to get us to exercise. But it's, it's absolute. You've got to really believe that when this mountain's in front of you, you can conquer it. You've got to really believe you can conquer it. If you don't really believe you can conquer it with what God's given you and God being bigger, if you don't, don't even traverse the mountain. You've got to have that confidence. You know, climbing mountains physically is very dangerous. It's not, you know, if you've ever watched true mountain climbing, you know, it's, it can be life-changing as in no more life. It, it's life and death sometimes. And, and many people fail to conquer their spiritual mountain simply because of unbelief. The guys that are traversing and the rocks and hooking and putting all the lines, they really believe they can get to the top of this mountain. Or they wouldn't be doing it. That, that's why they believe it. The whole process and the destination is where? The top of this mountain. The whole reason I'm doing all this hard work is the top of this mountain. The whole, And it's the same thing spiritually. If you don't believe you can get to the top of that mountain and conquer the mountain, it's best not to even try to climb it. Because you're going to wind up really hurt, maybe even dead over it, spiritually. Unbelief or the lack of faith can slow the power of God on your journey. Unbelief and the lack of faith. Matthew 23, 58. And they did not many mighty works there because of unbelief. Not because there was too many devils. Not because there was too many sickness. It's just unbelief. Unbelief. Jesus wanted to work many mighty miracles, but unbelief. The Greek word for unbelief means faith, faithlessness and unfaithfulness. It doesn't just mean without. Unbelief doesn't just mean you don't have lack of faith. It means that you are also disobedient. You're, you're unfaithful. You ever, if you ever consider that, if you have unbelief in your life, you're unfaithful. There's some disobedience in your life. That's why that you have that unbelief. Believing that God is in it with you is that is essential. 
just essential. God's going to get you to the top, and then he's going to go on down. All right. So here's the question. You ready to climb mountains? Because, listen, this year is going to be some year. It's going to be a year of some mountains here. It's going to be just, there's going to be some mountains here. It's mountains we're going to traverse. We're going to make through. God's going to take us through it, but we're going to have to go through it. I like Numbers 13, 29 and 30. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites and all, all of those sites and ites and all, they dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites, well, they dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once. He said, I don't care who's in the mountains. I don't care who's by the sea. We are well able to overcome this. And so that's what I just kind of want to leave you with tonight. If you have a mountain in your life right now, you're well able to overcome that mountain. Because God is with you. The, the mountains in, that we de- deal with a lot of times in our lives, we, we, we are, they're mountains simply because they began as molehills. And we allowed them to accelerate and get bigger. And so just keep that in mind. I, I know this is a little different lesson, but I just felt really impressed of God that, you know, <clears throat> we're going to have to traverse some this year. This 2021 is going to be a mountain year. But, you know, there's a glory when you get to the to the place in the mountain that you get to, there, there, there yeah. Mountains, as in, what is a mountain? It's a trial. It's a trouble. It's a sometimes it's God place so that we can get get a little bigger in who we're supposed to be. Yeah, regarding the church. Regarding the church, there's going to be some mountains that we have to traverse this year, but they're they're God intended, and if we have God and we and we map everything, if we do what we just talked about, God's going to take us through that. And when we get to the top of the mountain, you know what the best view in the world is? The top of the mountain, you can see all the beauty of the valley. You can see all the beauty of the valley, and so you have to get to the top of the mountain to see it. And that's where we're headed this year, top of the mountain. Oh, yeah. Right. Right. Make sure you get the right tools here so they can use them there. There's a lot, yeah. Bishop, you. The higher you go, the more red blood cells you need. People that live at altitude have a 
far more red corpuscles in their bloodstream than we do here at sea level. So there's a lot, man, you can take the mountain thing and just go, go along with it. My whole challenge tonight is let's just be ready. The mountains are coming. Let's get our tools. Let's get our maps. Let's just be ready. So it doesn't matter what kind of mountain comes, we're ready to climb it. We're ready to climb it. Anybody else? God bless you. Look forward to seeing you this weekend. Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday. For more information about Tabernacle of Praise, look us up online at tabernaclepraise.org. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with our Facebook page. We also have a free app that you can use to keep up with events or be notified of bad weather, and you can listen to our sermons directly from the app. Thank you for listening, and have a blessed day.